Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. I have been in a series titled Conflict. And the vision behind this series is to show you how to deal with difficult people and how to deal with difficult situations. Because the truth is, no matter how much you love God, we all need the word of God to help us not to act out in our flesh, right? True. We need the word of God to help deliver us, to guide us so that we don't say the things we really want to say. And, and Peter doesn't make it any easier either. So today I am concluding the series about conflict, and I want to share this with you. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Listen to this. Peter said, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults. Listen to this. When people insult You, meaning don't just get on social media and start putting statuses up about other people and how bad they hurt you. Don't start gossiping with everybody else and telling everybody else what they did with you, but yet not talking to the person one-on-one. In fact, Peter makes it a little more difficult. You ready for this? Peter said, pay them back with a punch in the face. No, but we wish. That's a different translation. Um, He said, pay them back with a blessing. Think about that. Somebody insults you, somebody hurts you, pay them back with a blessing. Now listen, don't miss this part. You ready? For this is what God has called you to do. This is what God has called you to do. And for a lot of us, we read scriptures like this and we're like, God, seriously? Come on, like they really hurt me. Like, God, you're telling me I got to bless Bob? I don't like Bob. Okay, everything Bob says about me is bad. He's negative. He's condescending. He's always gossiping about me. And to be honest with you, Lord, he smells funny. I don't like him. I don't like being around him. And you're telling me that I got to go out there and bless Bob? Yes. Because this is what the Lord has called you to do. Everything the Lord calls you to do is for your own protection. You understand that? It's for your own good. And so what I want you to understand is that here is the temptation here when we act out in the flesh. The temptation is this, to repay evil for evil. And you need to understand this is the first step into becoming like them. Let me make this also clear, okay? It is never the character of God or God's will for you to repay sin with sin. You hear me? And it's hard. Somebody hurts you. Somebody sins against you. You want to sin back at them and get them back. But that is never the character of God to repay sin for sin. That is the character of the devil. And what the devil wants for your life, when there's situations that are frustrating and when there are people that are hard to deal with, what he wants you to do is have a practice of sinning. Because it causes your downfall. Let me read this to you. First John chapter 3, verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning since the very beginning. And the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, I love this. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. You know what that means? Somebody hurts you. You don't have to hurt them back. Why? Because you're not enslaved to the same hate that is over their heart. You have been freed from that because of Jesus Christ. So Jesus came into the scene to change everything. Everything that our flesh wants to do, Jesus is saying, do the opposite. Why? Because it means you have to rely on the strength of God in everything you do. You have to trust God. It's faith. It's faith not to attack somebody and trust that God is going to handle the situation in the end and that he has something good for your life. But again, let me ask you, do you believe it? Because it starts with belief. What you believe is what you will see. 
But the reason also the devil wants to tempt you to sin back, not only to make a practice of sinning, but listen to me, he wants to rob you from a blessing that God has for your life. Because I stopped early on that scripture. Let me keep reading. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. This is what God has called you to do. Now listen to this. And he will grant you his blessing. The ESV translation states it like this, so that you may obtain a blessing. What is the blessing? To be free from the conflict that is around you. That the conflict itself, what they said about you, doesn't have to control your mind. You don't have to think about it all day long. You don't have to be consumed with it. You don't have to be consumed with this person that most likely is not thinking about you. And you can take this hurt. And you can take the pain that you're feeling right now and you can give it over to the Lord and there's healing and there's peace that comes from above. This is the gift that he has for you. But it saves your heart for eternal salvation so that your relationship with the Lord is always close. Because when hatred gets into your heart, all of a sudden you'll notice your relationship with God becomes distant. Why? Because we become stubborn when we're full of hate. That's the open door. When we're full of hate, when we're so angry at something, that's when we tell God, I'm going to do what I want to do. God's like, go ahead. Do what you want to do. My arms will be open. When you come back and you see that everything you want to do is not what you thought it was. And it won't heal you the way the presence of the Lord can. And Paul was very humble. He, he talks about this battle. Like We respect Paul, but listen to this. He's, he's very humble in this passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 7, verse 14 and 15, he says, So the trouble is not with the law. He's saying the trouble is not with the law of Moses. And then he states, for it's spiritual and good, meaning it came from God. So yes, the law of Moses is, is hard to obtain, but the problem is not the law. The problem is us. He says, the trouble is with me. And he states, for I am all too human. Relate to this. I'm all too human. He said, I'm a slave to sin. And he said, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. And said... I do what I hate. When God tells me to keep my mouth closed, sometimes I'm still like, <laughs> like just, just one thing I can get out there. When God tells you not to hurt them and to trust him, sometimes it's just hard. Gotta just trip them just real quick. You know, just, just do something. And this may be how you feel right now. You know what the right thing is to do. You're here in the sermon, you're in the word, but yet you're still struggling with your flesh. So let me open your eyes to a truth today that may help you out, Okay. The truth is, every action of sin in your life was because of a lie you believed. Let me say that again. Every action of sin that you have committed within your life is because you first believed a lie from the enemy that that would be better for you, that that would be better for your situation. And here's what that means. Listen, the whole battle of every conflict in our life starts where? In the mind. The battle we face daily starts within our mind. And we know that Satan is constantly putting lies in our head for us to doubt the ways of God, for he is a liar. John chapter 8, verse 44. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. So when he lies, listen to this, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. So why do you keep believing him? Why do you keep believing him? I can say that about my own life. 
There's situations where God says, I can take you further. I can do more. I can put miracles in there. But all I hear in the back of my head is, no, I can't. It's never going to work out. It's never going to change, right? We've all been there. God, I can do this. No, I can't. God, I can change my situation. I believe you can do this. No, I'm going to go back to everything I was at before. Oh, God, you can help me reach my goals and make an impact for the kingdom of God. No, you can't even find your own keys in the morning. How are you going to go anywhere and change anybody's life? Well, that's true. (laughs) Who are you believing? You believe somebody. And the truth is, you're either believing God or you're believing the devil. Who are you believing? And listen, Paul also talks about this too. But he says, don't give up. It's not over. Yes, there's this struggle within. Yes, your flesh is battling with the Holy Spirit inside of you. Yes, God is trying to tell you to go this way. But what you want to do is this way. But Paul says, it's not over. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. He said, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You belong to the Lord. You are his. You have been saved by amazing grace. He has rescued you from the pit of hell. So you are his. You better believe he will protect you and guide you. And then it says this. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You can overcome sin by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's something I'm going to be teaching on very soon, how to hear the voice of God, how to know when God is speaking to you. But I realized to end this series well, I wanted to talk about the conflict we deal on a daily basis. The conflict you face more than anybody else in your life is actually with yourself. So the title of today's message is this, Conflict with Your Mind. How do you overcome the strategies of the enemy? How do you overcome all the evil lies that he's putting inside of your head to actually believe the word of God and live it out? So what I have time for today is to show you the attacks of the enemy. Because if you know how he's going to attack, guess what? When it happens, you're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. I know about this. I know what he's trying to do, and I'm not going to fall for it. See, this is intelligence. This is listening to the Lord. So i got three points I want to share with you. The first attack is this. You have blind spots. We all have blind spots in our life. There are areas in our life where we've had sin creep in, okay, and create a stronghold. And a stronghold means that you have believed these lies for so long, you don't even know they're lies anymore. You don't even know that they're there. In fact, have you ever done something and somebody says, hey, why do you keep doing that? You may may say something like this. Well, that's just who I am. That's just me. That's just the way I talk. Get used to it. That's just the way I walk into a room. People cross me the wrong way. Oh, they're going to hear about it. That's just me. That's just sin. And you've allowed it into your life for so long. You think it's you. You think that that's your identity. Yet Jesus said, I came to set you free from it, to not act the way you used to act. If you love the Lord, you give your life over. He makes you completely different. You're not supposed to act the same. There's a change, and people can see this change. But just like on the road when you're driving, if somebody's next to you in the other lane and they're in your blind spot and you get over, I didn't get any better. I tried to do the the crash sound in the first service. But I had a little practice with the first one. But anyway, you get over, what happens? You crash into them, you can die, okay? 
Spiritually, it's the same way. There's some sins in your life that are controlling you, condemning you, and listen to me, taking away your happiness. Daily, taking away your happiness because you think it's you. And so I love this prayer by David out of the book of Psalms. It's Psalms chapter 19, verse 12 and 13. And and David is praying something very special, and I want to encourage you to pray this prayer as well. He's not only praying for God to forgive him of his sins, but he's also praying that God will reveal the things that are hidden in his life. The hidden things that he can't see, the things that have been tormenting him for so long. God, free me of this. So he's saying, so that I may be pure and clean in your holy presence. Psalm 19, 12 and 13. But who can discern their own errors, he says. Now listen to this. Forgive me, Lord, of my hidden faults. And also keep your servant away from willful sins. May they not rule over me so that I may become blameless and innocent of great transgression. When is the last time you prayed to the Lord, God, I know there are some things in my life, but there are some things too that I can't see and it's tormenting me. And what's crazy about a blind spot is that means that some people around you know exactly what's tormenting you, but you can't see it yourself. Or maybe your spouse, right, is telling you, hey, I noticed you're doing this, but every time you hear it, you just shut down because you don't want to hear it because you know it's true. But yet there needs to be a change in your life. And, and what I'm saying is these strongholds are old habits. They're old thought patterns that have created the stronghold within your mind. Like I said, nothing's going to change. Life can never be better. And Paul talks about this as well. In Romans chapter 7, verse 23, Paul said, but there is another power within me. Listen to this. How real this is. That is a war with my mind, my flesh, my selfish desires, the things that I want for me. Guess what? It's in conflict with what God wants for me on the inside. And there's a battle happening over my mind. And then he states, for this power makes me a sin, I mean, a slave to sin, and that is still within me. And what Paul is really talking about are self-defeating behaviors, self-defeating ideas that you have said about yourself. I'm never going to have money. I'm always going to be broke. I'm never going to be free from this in my life. I'm always going to have this happening right now. And I need you to understand a powerful truth that will set you free from that, okay, that will change the way you think. And it's this. If you do not change sinful behaviors, guess what? You will not change your results. So simple, but powerful. If you do not change sinful behaviors, you will not change the same results that frustrate you over and over and over again. Let me just give a few examples. God, why am I always broke? I've been praying and praying that you would financially help me. I'm trying to do better, God. How come I'm always the broke one and God may be speaking to you like, what did you spend this week? You need to change your spending habits, your behaviors. Because you've had some issues in your life and you're trying to fill that hole on the inside. You go out and buy all these things that you can't even afford. So you're racking up credit cards. And now you got all this debt in your life and you have anxiety and stress and you're trying to be happy. Yet now you just cause chaos. But God speaks by my word. I would have set you free from that. And God can still set you free from that as well. Listen to this. Here's how you change that. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. The wise man saves for the future. But the foolish man spends whatever he gets. And if you're spending just to feel better about life, what is it that's really missing? Because that's not it. Okay? 
Another question I hear all the time is, how come I'm single and, and, and I want to be in a relationship and everybody else is in a relationship? How come it never works? And a lot of times I see people that were broken by somebody else and you're hurt and now you have trust issues, right? And all this pain has come into your life and you're saying, well, I could never be in a relationship again. But instead of running to the word of God, listening to his voice, running into his presence for healing, you ran to another relationship like that. And now you're controlling. And now you become jealous. Why? Because that hurt is still inside of you and it hasn't been dealt with. Do you know that the Lord calls you to come to him so that he can heal the brokenhearted? Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I love this. And he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And for some of us, we say, why am I alone? How come I don't have friends? And God may be speaking to you. It's because of your mouth. People have come to you, trusted you, and you told everybody else. And now everybody knows about your gossip, and that's why you feel alone. Listen, the Bible gives us warning about that too. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Listen to that one. But slandering others also makes you a fool. Why does it make you a fool? You're alone. So a lot of times we get mad at God. (laughs) You understand? We're blaming God for our life not being the way we think it should be, yet we're not coming to the Lord asking God to change our mindset or our behaviors. Let me say it like this. God is far more interested in changing your mind for him than he is your circumstances right now. You want to know why? Because if God gave you everything you wanted, but your mind is still in the past and who you used to be, guess what? It doesn't matter that your circumstances change. You're still in bondage. And now you have new conflict in your new circumstances. So God wants to free you from that so that you don't keep living this way. Because again, when God changes your mind by the word of God, he changes your life. But I started thinking about this. Okay, we've had some fun with this series, doing some illustrations. I'm a visual learner. That's why I like to do things like this. And we've been talking about training for conflict. The problem is that I see with a lot of us, like coming to God, asking God to change, you know, our situation or circumstances, but never our heart. It's like training, but looking only on the outside of things. Let's say I want to be a boxer. I want to train to box. But my first thought is only on the outside. Okay, I got the shoes this time. All right. I got the shoes. I'm ready to box. I'm ready to get in this. Now I'm going to be, no, something's missing. I got shoes. Something's missing. I know what I need. I need some gloves, right? Every, every boxer that you see on TV, of course they have gloves. How dumb of me for not thinking about wearing gloves. So I'm going to put these gloves on. Now I'm ready for my opponent, right? I'm ready for the conflict. Nope. I got shoes. I got a glove. A glove. What am I missing? Oh, yeah. Music. And some of us in our head, like, yeah, I got the shoes. I got the gloves. I got the mental. Just something's going on. All right. And we rush into a conflict. Thank you. (laughs) One day I'm going to walk out to that just for fun, okay? (laughs) We rush into a battle. We're not prepared for because all we've looked, all we've prepared for are the superficial things on the outside. You know what the real problem is? If I were to go into a boxing match is I don't know how to box. (laughs) I got shoes. 
I got the glove. I got the training gear, but I'm not really training properly. And I need you to understand this, that Christ will set your mind free, but you have to train your mind upon the scriptures of God's word. You're praying for circumstances to change. God wants to change you from the inside first, okay, so that everything can change in the people around you. And this is what Paul talks about. He's making it very clear. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How are you transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Ooh, take that in. Transformed by the renewing of your mind so that by testing, you may be able to discern the will of God. Meaning in every frustrating situation, you will understand the will of God in that situation. That God is telling you to do something different. And guess what? It continues. What God has for you is good. It is acceptable. And it is perfect. And you may be saying, but God, I don't have the strength to do that. And here's the good news. You're not alone. I love this. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, yeah, it leads to death. But letting the spirit the Holy Spirit of God control your mind leads to life and leads to peace because you're no longer overcome by anxiety and stress over the situation. Yes, today may be hard. It doesn't make it all oh, just easy, but you know you can trust the Lord and in the end, what he has is good. So here's my question. What are your blind spots? Some of you need to pray to the Lord. God, what is it really in my heart right now that I'm not listening to? that I know needs to change so that the things around me can change. Or maybe you need to rely on somebody you love and trust to help you see those things. What are your blind spots that are causing conflict in your life? The second point that I want to talk about is this, the culture. The culture that we live in. Every day you wake up, it is a battle over your mind. Do you understand that? Everybody and everything is trying to influence the way you think and what you do for the day. What you buy, how you dress, how you look, how you talk, what's entertainment, all of it is trying to influence your mind. And we know, according to the word of God, that for a short time, right, Satan is able to rule this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, lowercase g, has blinded, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. Now listen to this. For they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ who is in the exact likeness of God. So I'm telling you, the moment you open your eyes from sunup to sundown, the world is telling you to obey. And I thought it was funny that if, you, if you've seen all the marketing strategies right now within our culture, you realize how many times we hear the word obey? Obey your thirst, obey your hunger, obey your body, the clothing line, obey. Everything is trying to teach you to obey the ways of the world. Just give in. If your body wants it, go for it, right? If your body needs it in this moment, if it's pleasure for now, go for it. What's wrong with that? Eat candy bars all day. Every single day, all week, what happens the next week? What's wrong with that? It starts to catch up to you. It starts to hurt you. And you feel this. And the reason, listen to me, the reason why the devil is trying so hard for you to obey the ways of the world, to chase the things of the world, because eventually, if you love the world, guess what? You will hate the ways of God. That's why he's saying they're blind. 
Everything we do just seems weird to them to follow Christ and not follow the world. Matthew chapter six, verse 24. No one can serve two masters for he will hate one, listen to that, and love the other. You will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and you will despise the other. And here is the danger that I see and the things that people are chasing for that they'll never be able to find, okay? When you love the world, your mind will desperately search for love and never find it. Your mind will desperately search for love because it's searching for love in all the wrong places and the things that fade and the things that don't fulfill and the things that just keep building up and building up but never bring comfort. Listen to this. This is what the world gives you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Do not love the world nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. And this may sound harsh, but it's talking about loving sin, loving the sinful desires of the world, just pursuing everything that your body wants. Why don't you just obey? And it says, for this world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, sex outside of marriage. In the moment, right? Get lost in the moment. It's in every TV show, every movie, every song, right? So just get lost in it. What's wrong with it? It hurts people. It damages souls. It breaks up families. It causes separations. It causes damage. It causes identity crisis. And the list can go on and on and on and on. It is a trick. Everything the world offers is a trick. Let's continue. A craving for everything we see. Consumed with spending. I can't have enough. This isn't good enough. This isn't fulfilling me. If I get this house, then I'll feel fulfilled. If I get this car, then I'll feel better. But then when I get it, I just want a bigger one or a better one. Or somebody's always competing with me. And then he continues. And then there's pride in our achievements and our possessions, right? Well, if I just got this position, this entitlement, everybody will respect me. But they don't. Because what people respect is character not your position. And people can notice, even in your position, if you have an ugly character and not a heart for God. And you may have the position, but I'm telling you right now, without the love of God in you, you may be alone in that position. Keep going. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. Now, I want you to pay close attention to verse 17. Here's why it's so dangerous to live for the world. The world is fading away. The world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. All this sin that is around us, that deceives us and tempts us, Christ will get rid of it rid of it all. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And I said this in the first service. I want to say this again. It's very true. Either this passage of scripture excites you or makes you afraid, depending on how you're living. Think about that. As all believers, we should be excited. Yes, Jesus is coming back. Thank you, Lord, that you're getting rid of sin. Thank you, Lord, that you're getting rid of the pain, all the ugliness of this world. God, I am so ready. I am tired, but I'm ready to follow you. 
But for us that are chasing the things of the world and wanted the house and wanted this, it's okay to have these things. I'm not saying that's bad, but who do you worship? Who are you worshiping? Because nothing in this world will satisfy what God has for you. So everything in this world is fading away. But who are you living for? Because one day you will be before the judge. You will be before God. And the only thing that matters is what you did for the kingdom, not what you built up for yourself. It's hard. There's, there's a war. I, I, what I'm trying to explain to you, there's a war on your mind over happiness. That's the pull. That's how Satan always tries to bring us in and entice us with these things. But listen, you'll never be happy chasing comfort that fades. C.S. Lewis stated it like this. He said, do not let your happiness depend on something you may lose. Depend it on Christ. He will never betray you. He will never hurt you. He will never leave you. And he changes who you are. Luke chapter 9, verse 25. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and in himself destroyed and lost? We read this, we miss something. What does it profit you to gain everything of this world and still feel lost? That's like the number one thing I hear literally on everything. Everybody's talking about just feeling lost, feeling incomplete, feeling like there's something more, yet just chasing the ways of the world. You can have everything in the world. You may still feel lost and destroyed without God. And what I'm telling you today, God does not want that for you. Because a lot of times we look at these verses and we're saying, God, why, why are you so mean? Like, why? I just want these things. I just want a big house. I just want this in my life. I just want to be able to buy shoes. I don't know why I said it like that, but I'm having difficulties today. Bear with me. But again, it's about who you worship. And some of the biggest blessings in my life has not been gaining more for myself. It's actually been giving away. Because when I give away... I received something even better, to trust the Lord, to have this peace. And you know what I found out? In the end, God always gives you more than what you asked for. (laughs) He's doing you a favor. Listen, this is what you think you want. Oh, I got so much more. Something way bigger than what you can imagine. But you have to trust him because, again, he's working on changing your mind and changing your heart before your circumstances. And the last attack is this. The devil's goal. I want to talk about the devil's goal in your life. What is the devil's goal? His goal is this, for you to walk away from God so that you walk away from God's protection. Think about that. When you walk away from God, when you disobey God, when you reject what God has for you, when you do not repent, when you live life however you want to live it, that's fine. Go do what you want to do. You think you know better than God? Go ahead. But in everything that God speaks over your life is to protect you for something better. So when you walk away from him, listen, you walk into a trap that the enemy has put in front of you. How does he do it? James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices 
and drag us away. Listen to that. Because it's also making something very known. Listen, we love to blame the devil for everything. Blame demons, blame culture, blame the world, blame everything else. Yes, these things are at battle with you. But what does it say? Temptation comes from your what? Your own desires. What's on the inside of you? And the devil knows what you are tempted with. And so what he does is he puts it in front of you. Hey, you could have so much more over here. God says do that. But did he really say it? Look, you can have this over here. Don't you want this? I know you do. And then what happens? Listen to this. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and then drags us away. From the moment you give in to the temptation, you are being dragged to be consumed by everything that is opposite of what God has for you. Dragged away from the protection that he has. These desires, what do they do? They give birth to sinful actions because now your mind is consumed. You do whatever you want to do, guess what? How you think is how you live. So now everything you think, okay, well, I want that. Well, then you're going to act it out. And guess what happens after that? And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Destroys who you are. Destroys your identity, destroys your relationships, destroys everything around you that God wants to give you. But here is the good news that I do want to share with you. Satan cannot make you do anything. He can't control you. You are a believer in Christ. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And he guides you. You are not alone. When you feel like you don't have it, he will speak to you in a whisper and tell you to get back up, to keep going, to be in his word. And I want to prove this, that God puts a hedge of protection upon us and Satan can't touch you. One example of this is that of Job, story of Job, chapter one. I'm gonna read verses nine and 10. Satan is complaining to the Lord. Hey, I can't touch Job. Your servant, I can't do anything to him. You're protecting him too much. Here's what it states. Satan replied to the Lord. Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. He said, you've always put a wall of protection around him in his home and his property. Satan said to God, you have made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. And many scholars believe because Job had so much, there may have been an issue of pride in his heart. And this is why God allowed the attacks to come on his life, because in the end, there was true repentance of that, which brings eternal salvation, which is much more important than our worldly possessions. Because that's the greatest gift. That is your peace. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what you lose, you have eternal salvation. But do you realize Satan could not even get through to Job? He couldn't touch him. God blessed him. Why? Because walking in obedience with the Lord is protection and blessings for your life. And Satan wants to rob you from the blessing. He wants to influence your mind. So my question is for you, are you allowing the devil to influence your mind when Jesus has come to set it free? Are you allowing all these influences to teach you how to live and what to do and what's right and wrong and yet you're never in the word of God? Here's what David said. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 147, David said, I rise early before the sun is up. And I love this, I cry out for help. 
and I put my hope in your words. Because as soon as you wake up, there's a battle over your thoughts. And I love how I just said, the way he says it, God, I just, I cry for help. I need you today on how to think and how to protect what I see. Because the devil is flirting with you. Watch your lies. And one pastor said it like this. He said, what you flirt with is what you fall for. You're free to make a choice. You're free to follow God. You're free to follow the devil. You're free to do whatever you want. But listen, you are not free from the consequences that come after. You will have to deal with it. But the good news is this. And I want to reveal something powerful to you, okay? Paul said, we know the schemes of the devil. I'm not going to be blind to these things. But there's something I want to talk about that usually leads, leads to us walking away from the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Paul is talking about a man who is disrupting the church. And he said this. He said, when you forgive this man, I forgive him too. In which I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven. And he says, I do this with Christ's authority for your benefit. It's because of Christ that I'm able to forgive somebody who has wronged you and wronged me. So that Satan, listen to this, will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. What is the scheme that leads to all of us to walk away from God, that is tempting us to walk away from God? It's unforgiveness. Because when hate is in your heart, remember, it's easier to walk away from God and become stubborn. So I'm gonna be vulnerable in front of you because I was praying about this and I, I remember there was a time, a long time ago in ministry, me and my wife were in ministry for some time and without going into a lot of details, because we're great people in this church. I love the people there. I love what they did. But there was a time where things were happening and it hurt. It hurt us. It was hard. To the point where I noticed sitting in a sermon was just difficult. I wasn't receiving. And I was on that line I've actually hate coming into my heart because of disagreements and pain. And I remember one Sunday, something set it off. It hurt me and it hurt my wife. And we drove separately because I always have to come to the church a lot earlier than her. I'm going home and all these thoughts are in my head. I mean, my mind was being attacked. You should just quit. You should just be done. These people hurt you, hurt them back. Right, they do this to you, then hurt them back, then, then do this, and, and, and maybe God, what he had for me wasn't what I thought it would be. Maybe it was never gonna work out. Maybe things were just always gonna be complacent and I was always gonna be numb. And so all these ideas were in my head and I wanted to pick up the gloves, my flesh. I wanted to pick up the gloves and I wanted to fight. God told me to put down the gloves. There's a battle that he would fight. The problem is when we get angry with somebody, it can be tempting to want hurt or bad things for their life, yet they're still a child of God. And the truth is God is working on them just like he's working on you. It's so easy to see everybody else's faults, but it's harder to see our own. It's blind spots. I went home and my wife comes through the door and she's smiling. And so in a loving manner, I say, what's wrong with you? 
And she said, listen, I was, I was driving home and she was hearing these thoughts too. She was angry and mad and all these things. And all of a sudden she said, the Lord said, shh, be quiet. And she heard from the Lord that what she had for me was better. This was not my fight. I was to be obedient and do the work of the ministry because what the devil wants to do is tear up the ministry. He wants to divide us. He wants to separate us. He wants to be mad at each other so that we fight the wrong battle. Don't give in to the schemes of the devil. And it's crazy because that little sentence that God spoke in a whisper changed my mindset. And I gave it over to the Lord. And I realized this. If you don't experience the pain, you'll never understand the value of the miracle. You'll never understand the value of the miracle, the healing that has to take place. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 3-5. We're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds. The lies the devil has made you believe. It is time to reveal them. It's time to see the things that you have believed about yourself that God is saying is not true. You're not always going to be broke. You're not always worthless. You're not always going to fail. But through failure sometimes, we learn to trust and rely on God. And we keep moving. All these strongholds are broken because of Christ and to destroy these false arguments, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. How do you fight? Very quickly. Allow the Holy Spirit to set you free. Romans 8, 1 and 2, because you belong to Him. The power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The second thing you do, as 2 Corinthians just said, you take those thoughts captive. You recognize their lies and you show them the word of God, the truth. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. Listen to this, by changing your mind. Change your mind. Change your life. And the last thing, you believe it. You believe it's possible. That day when the Lord spoke that he had something better, I believed it. And this church would not be here today if we didn't continue believing. If the leaders here didn't continue believing, if you didn't continue believing, this ministry would not be here today. But through everything, we will always continue believing in what God is doing and what he's going to do. And I believe that for your personal life as well. Hebrews 12, verse 3 is a great reminder. Think of all the hostility that Jesus endured from sinful people. And if you do that, if you remember what Christ did for you, then you won't become weary and you won't give up. What good is that? We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.